Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, here we go. Hour two, State of the Nation live on today's News Talk, TNT. Thank you for joining us for this live broadcast. TNTradio.live is our website. And if you've missed anything here at today's News Talk, just go to the app or go to the website or go to your favorite uh, podcasting app. We're on all of them. Same with the video streams, and you can find all our episodes right there. Now, uh, I want to thank Timothy Shea for joining me for that first hour. Always appreciate Timothy, and you're going to want to check out his show, The Reckoning, at 6 p.m. Monday through Friday Eastern Time right here at Today's News Talk. Uh, America's federalist system of government offers conservatives at the most effective effective mechanisms to fight the Biden administration's increasing authoritarianism. But how can they do this if Republicans they elect refuse to use it? This is one of the big questions. You may have picked up that that's a bit of a theme here today. Throughout U.S. politics, Wyoming has garnered a reputation for being one of the most Republican-friendly states in the country. During the 2020 election, former President Donald Trump defeated Joe Biden in the Cowboy State by 43.3 points. Democrats haven't won the state in a presidential contest since 1964 when Lyndon B. Johnson was the incumbent. Uh, These factors normally would indicate that Wyoming is one of the most conservative jurisdictions in the country, but that simply isn't the case. Despite controlling the governor's mansion and possessing supermajorities in the state legislature, Wyoming Republicans are governing more like blue-collar Democrats than principled conservatives. In recent weeks, the GOP-dominated legislature has struck down numerous bills seeking to advance pro-freedom policies and prevent leftism from corrupting the state. Um, On February 15, for example, just a week ago, 19 House Republicans joined the body's five Democrats to kill the What is a Woman Act. According to the Cowboy State Daily, the bill, HB 50, sought to define people's sex as male or female by their biology at birth under Wyoming law and precludes special accommodations for people who identify otherwise. Uh, the measure would also have mandated that people uh, people to use bathrooms, locker rooms, and other facilities as determined by their biological sex at birth. Uh, while a majority of lawmakers supported the bill's introduction, um, two th- a two-thirds majority is required for any non-budget legislation to be introduced during a legislative budget session. So a conservative bill seeking to ban private election funding was also defeated by the establishment Republicans. That was HB 42, which would have barred election officials from accepting any contribution, donation, or anything of value for purposes of condoning or conducting an election. Secretary of State Chuck Gray had previously requested the legislature pass such a measure to staff Democrats Zuckbuck's scheme ahead of the 2024 election. During 2020, during the contest, uh, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg poured hundreds of millions of dollars into left-wing nonprofits, 
which dumped these funds into local election offices across the country. These Zuck Bucks were used to change how elections were administered in ways that favored, you guessed it, Democrats. Not only did the grants go toward expanding unsupervised election protocols such as mail-in voting and ballot drop boxes, but they were also heavily skewed toward Democrat-majority counties, essentially making it a privately funded get-out-the-vote operation for Democrats. Are you starting to see how this works in states? You know, if you're trying to leave New York, California, I don't know, Washington, some other place, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go as as deep red as I possibly can. Well, guess what? Um, you may get there and find things much better than the place that you left, but there's still a fight to be fought. Uh, this is a deep, deep problem. Um, so this Democrat, you know, we deal with that here in Texas too. Look at Bloomberg. Bloomberg has funded so many initiatives here in Texas, lobbied so much, done so much propagandistic um, activities in the media here in Texas to take away people's Second Amendment rights. I, I mean, <laughs> so if you are looking to go to a red state, a red state, you really got to kind of look under the hood. You can't just look at the numbers because, you know, they might be deceiving you. There's a good chance that they might be deceiving you hardcore. All right. Are you enjoying listening to TNT? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or a comment on Facebook, Gab, X, or Gitter. Also, those video streaming platforms like YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, we'd love to see you in there. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, sorry to deliver that uh, that news there, Wyoming, but hey, it's important to know. Now, here's an interesting one. Woman killed NYPD officer in hit and run hours after recording a drunken podcast that vilified the police. Uh, talk about a bad look. A uh, 35-year-old in New York will spend more than two decades behind bars. Wow, I'm surprised they even put her away for this. Uh, for killing an NYPD officer while driving drunk without a license in a hit-and-run collision that occurred only a few hours after she had recorded a podcast in which she drank vodka and repeatedly disparaged the police. Can you imagine? Uh, I guess, yeah, that's a hard one to not get sent to jail for. My goodness, get drunk on camera, talk bad about the police, then go out and do a hit and run on one. My goodness, I guess there's still maybe a little tiny bit of justice in the justice system in some cases. Queens County Supreme Court Justice Michael Alnois uh, just yesterday ordered Jessica Buvice, I don't know if I say her name right, to serve up to 27 years in state correctional facility in the 2021 death of Detective Anastasios Tascos. So uh, her license had been suspended. She was drunk and had smoked marijuana. For everybody's safety and well-being, including her own, the defendant should not have been behind the wheel of a car, said Queens District Attorney Melinda Katz uh, in a statement following the sentencing hearing. Uh, went on to say, a police officer doing his job protecting others lost his life I hope today's sentence provides at least some closure for the detective's loved ones. 
So, um, yeah, wow. Uh, that's a really sad example of where we're at right now with the whole, you know, this is, this is an effect of what we saw in 2020. Uh, you can thank the mass media cartel. You can thank uh, the government-funded and supported uh, Black Lives Matter. And you can thank your schools. We, oh, my goodness. Uh, just the installation of this, this defund the police and all cops are bad. Uh, yeah, we need some reform in these regards. Certainly, this country could do better. Um, and many municipalities, uh, frankly, suck. Um, and I think a lot of the cops in some of those municipalities would say as much. Um, we've heard from some people in this regard, but look what it's done. Look at the mindset it's installed in people. Um, absolutely insane. You know, you, you focus on something as hard as that young woman did. Um, all of a sudden you become what you hate. And I think that's a great example of it. Now, uh, it's too bad Timbo can't be here for this one because I think he had some experience at this exact location, but reading out of the Gateway Pundit here, violence at a high school in Massachusetts, so bad, so bad <laughs> that they wanted the National Guard to come in and restore order. This is from a school uh, school committee members in Brockton, Massachusetts. Um, in other words, the inmates are running the asylum at this school. Before they bring in the National Guard, perhaps the city should hold a community meeting with parents from the school and ask why these students feel so entitled that they can disrupt the orderly operation of a school. Reading from Mike Lachance there over at Gateway Pundit. You know, uh, that's a really, really good question there. Um, can we look at the source of this? Is the source of this somewhat related to the uh, same ideology that we've installed over the last five years that I was just referring to? Yeah, maybe it is. Four Brockton School Committee members call for Massachusetts National Guard to end chaos at a high school. Four school committee members um, we're in on this and uh, causing chaos or disrupting the learning environment too often. So, uh, yeah, this is really interesting. They said, do we need to take our schools? We, we do need to take our schools back into control and make sure our students have a safe learning environment. Uh, because what's going on at the high school is disheartening. Kids are losing precious learning time when kids are causing chaos. So apparently it is so bad here in this town of Massachusetts that committee members are asking for the National Guard to come in. You know, um, the author here used the word entitled, and I was just speaking with some friends the other night about entitlement and particularly um, how that has affected young people and we started talk pulling on that thread and it's like this entitlement often leads to violence or violent tendencies and i think that this story is uh is a perfect example of that you know you don't go you don't go to high school thinking that you're going to experience uh entitlement so high so absolutely high that violence might be done uh to you um absolutely amazing now, also, I would like to uh, throw in here um, a shout out to Gun Owners of America. Gun Owners of America is taking the is taking New York to the Supreme Court 
um, to cover their mistakenly named Conceal Carry Improvement Act or the CCIA. Now, um, this is this is a big one. We're going to probably cover this uh, in detail very soon here on State of the Nation. But the CCIA represents New York's blatant refusal to comply with the mandates set forth by the landmark case of New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, which happened in 2022. And if you're unfamiliar with that, Bruin overturned New York's may issue licensing scheme for concealed carry permits uh, but unfortunately for new york gun owners the ccia's system to replace this scheme is now somehow even more restrictive than what preceded it so this is a very interesting case also because you're seeing a state here basically buck back against the supreme court supposedly the law of the land here and this is gonna be an ongoing battle and one of the reasons i personally am a member at gun owners of america and uh, we're going to see if we can bring our friend wes verdell to come in and talk about this a little bit more uh here on state of the nation it's always um interesting to talk to wes and wes maybe you don't know this is also running for a congressional seat uh right here in texas so we're definitely going to be bringing him to the show and uh we're going to be bringing bringing jason nelson to the show right here after this break coming up we're going to talk about what it is to be a prepared a preparedness person you know a, a person with a mind of preparedness in 2024 under all these threats of black swan events and of course cyber polygon which we spoke about with Emerald just earlier in the program. This is State of the Nation. Don't go anywhere. You're watching and listening to today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Alex Zaharoff-Royd. Now, we'll no doubt see many more such efforts arriving from all the major AI players, and it won't be long before some kid or anyone in their basement or bedroom is creating the next big TV or movie hit, disrupting TV and movie studios forever. Yes, direction and production will be issues, and there will be many amateurish attempts, but people won't just be making hit music at home anymore, but hit entertainment, all simply by asking AI models the right questions and then editing it all together. Talking Tech with Alex Zaharoff-Royd on today's News Talk TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live All right. Well, our food supply. What's up with our food supply? We keep seeing 
uh, multiple, multiple cases of factory farms burning down, pork farms disappearing, chicken farms going up in flames. Right here next to me, out in Bryan, Texas, just recently, big place went down in flames, millions and millions of animals. And there's the supply chain, all the squeezing of the supply chain. People are really starting to be concerned just in general about our food supply in the West. And then we've, of course, got technocrats buying up uh, you know, fields where they can grow crickets and soy slop for you, call it food. We've got weirdos out there inventing printers that print fake meat. Uh, really kind of a scary food environment and mRNA being added to meats in foreign countries and then potentially being shipped here to the U.S. So many vectors here to discuss. Um, and we're going to be joined by Jason Nelson. He's joining us now. Uh, he runs PrepperBeef.com. He's got an amazing business, but um, he's also really tuned in to what we're looking at as far as the global situation goes. So, Jason, welcome to State of the Nation. You know, I was just talking with Emerald Robinson about potential black swan events, cyber polygon events. We had the entire cell network go down for a couple hours last night. Nothing really said about it. And then we see uh, like Marco Rubio saying, just wait till China hits us with an EMP. So, I mean, what are your thoughts about where we're at as far as preparedness, food supply, food uh, integrity at this point? Uh, well, I, I know this is a family program, so I don't want to use what I really want to say, but um, I'd say we're not in a good position right now. I'd say we're probably in one of the worst positions we could have we could possibly find ourselves as a nation right now. When you look at global insecurity, you look at uh, instability and in the global supply chains, and and by the way, that drastically impacts the United States, not just our imports, but our exports as well. Uh, when you consider the precarious nature of our own internal, uh, our domestic supply chain, uh, when you consider how reliant the average consumer has become on having a week to two weeks worth of food available and that's it, with no other ability to self-sustain themselves. And then, like you said, all of those events, and you can look at the, um, yeah, I mean, it feels like we're being herded off a cliff, but at the same time, it's I, people are just ill-prepared right now. They have no concept whatsoever. Uh, I, I like to flame, frame it differently, if you can. Anyway, I was talking with my wife, and we were talking about how World War— uh, this is the first war. We had a 20-year war on terror, right? Uh, call it whatever you will. Uh, but it's the first war where if you did not volunteer, you did not have to make any sacrifice— at all in a 20-year war i mean in vietnam you could have been uh you know drafted and and korea drafted as well and and there were shortages world war ii people well it, it's just people have no idea what real austerity is and because of that and and our just the design of our society and right now when you consider uh the massive amount of illegal people who've who've, who've flooded into this nation in the last three years we're a powder keg and I, I'm really sad to see my nation fall apart at this point. Yeah, me too. We were just talking about a story yesterday. There's an NGO in San Diego, California, that's about to run out of money. And they've been spent, I think they spent $6 million in the last year or so supporting all the illegal immigrants, you know, and, and it's like, what happens when, when these things start happening, when there's a chain reaction of that across the country, all the NGOs what happens if all their money disappears for some reason, or even if their contracts just run out? All of a sudden, we've got a complete change in, in the, probably the activities and the zeitgeist of all the uh, illegal immigrants that are here. Oh, haven't, haven't you been paying attention? We'll just print some more money. 
right? Right. Oh, yeah. We can right. always throw yeah. more money at it. Sure. And then we get the gift of uh, the, the secret tax of inflation and more supply chain problems. Uh, but hey, you know, Bidenomics is great. We just keep printing. You know, as I don't think again, most people understand how our uh, local and 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 national supply chains tie into the global sector, but it's sort of been uh, framed and and made that way. Right now, we have the lowest cattle uh, on hand that we've had in seventy one years, um, and I want you to consider what the size of the U.S. population was seventy one years ago. It's about half what it is today, at least on paper, anyway. Uh, so. And we are importing now from Brazil and other nations like that. And some are friendly, some are not friendly to us. But our imports have gone up 37%. Uh, and yet our exports have gone, excuse me, excuse me, have gone up 6%, but our exports have gone down 37%. Uh, we don't have any more cattle here in the United States. We don't have, we're running out of food. And, and, and like you said, it almost seems by design because they want us to eat um, printed food. Uh, you know, uh, fake food, food made of of of. There was a, an Italian company right now that's printing steaks that's made from the meat that would originally go to uh, the cat food factory, and that's not an exaggeration. They brag about it. Uh, yeah, I've done some looking into some of the ingredients on some of these things. Even some of the most popular things that are soy based that a lot of people you know consume a lot of. Very, very dubious uh, production routines, a lot of lab and chemical stuff. And then you look at the environmental factor and we're told, oh, this is the environmentally um, you know, proper thing to do is to eat this stuff. But you look at what it takes to prep um, a location for a cricket farm or a soybean field, and it's devastating. It's devastating on the wildlife there. It's devastating to the soil. And what you're coming away with is is basically a soy slop uh, akin to a dog or cat food, a, a kibble. Yes, and again, this if this wasn't about control, I, I don't know how it can be any more clear. Uh, people have awoken since the, um, I, I don't like to use the word uh, pandemic, but I will say since the event, um, but the lockdowns, since people saw uh, the limitations and what they could have access to, how much control, even the most average, uh, uh, I mean, a Walmart greeter could, could prevent you from going in to get food for, for your family. That kind of power being spread amongst people who were used to having none and then lording it over people over a vaccine status or something of that nature. So I think people saw that they wanted to be able to become so more self-sufficient. And right as they made that decision, uh, it's almost as though, again, as you pointed out, you have had uh, uh, one recently go up in flames near you. Um, it's become a common occurrence and no one talks about it. No one talks about the massive facilities that are slowly going under one by one. And then on top of that, the local uh, processors that are going under and going out of business one by one. Uh, and, and people have no idea the kind of ripple effect this is going to have and how big that wave is going to be by the time it reaches the shore when it comes to our, our again, our, just our domestic food supply chain. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't, I'm not able to shout it out. I don't have it in front of me, but there was one author um, who did a post and it listed all of the uh, factory farm accidents, explosions, fires, et cetera, over the last, uh, like, I don't know, 18 months, maybe 24 months. And the interesting thing was that under each line item, it said how many animals uh, were lost in each one. And 
you know, because you start wondering, because I'm reporting these things as I see them come through, and it's like, wow, there's another, there's another, there's another, you know, maybe this is just a, a wave of reporting of events that used to be common, but then you, like, look into a report like that, and you see, wait a minute, this is, like, tens, hundreds of millions of farm animals in, in many cases when you start adding them up. I mean, what do you, do, I know it's kind of a, it begs conjecture, but what do you think is behind all of this? Is this a coordinated effort? I mean, it, most people are starting to feel like it is from what I can tell. Well, <clears throat> I, I think it's too simple to say that it's a core. I mean, anybody who says it's just a grand conspiracy forgets just how um, the average person isn't capable of keeping a secret. Right. And so you have to ask yourself, what aren't what are they openly saying? Right. They're, let's get past the conspiracy. What are they openly saying they want? They don't want you to eat meat anymore. They've told you that. They've told you that they want you to eat bugs. They told you that they want you to have your, uh, they want food to be a vaccine delivery system for you. They want to control how much you can consume, what's fair, what you're entitled to, what type of food you're allowed to eat. I mean, this is, I, I, I don't think they, they're not hiding it. You know what I mean? So when you ask, well, what are the goals and intentions? Um, well, again, we'll use India as the example right now. India is exporting record lows in, in rice uh, this coming year. Why? Not because they don't have the rice, but because it's too expensive to ship it. Those are artificial numbers. There's no reason why fuel should be so expensive. We have almost unlimited fuel fuel in the in the world that's available we just have to choose to go out and explore for it and exploit those resources and instead yeah. of oh go ahead sorry no 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 that's okay um we have a headline we're going to take here so take a pause right there and and let's pick up right there because what you just said is actually really important is it too expensive to ship well that's just a that's just a variable a sliding scale variable why is it too expensive to ship and how does that affect us let's get into that on the other side of this brief headline with today's news talk tnt hey hey what are you guys doing uh we're breaking news oh okay carry on tnt radio news for tnt this is james o'neill Supporters of Julian Assange have rallied in both Sydney and London as the WikiLeaks founder awaits the outcome of his final appeal against extradition to the United States. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau attributed the challenges faced by major news outlets and influencing public opinion to the impact of social media. Sweden has pledged its largest military aid package to Ukraine, valued at $687 million. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. Jason Nelson from PrepperBeef.com joins us. Jason, pick up what you're saying there about India. You know, too expensive to ship rice uh rice is a pretty important uh commodity worldwide for everyone well it's a staple crop right it's a, it's it's essentially the diet for uh, a massive uh, like half the world so w when you start seeing the limits that are put in place and you start to ask yourself okay are we seeing a uh, limitation due to drought you know famine uh or not famine excuse me drought or uh uh flooding that uh, that ruined rice paddies well what it was it this year was it a monsoon season no it's just too expensive to ship the cost of fuel and we have to ask ourselves why why is that the way it is um and and of course we all know this is it's a it's a 
it's a fake emergency created. I'm not saying that the environment that we shouldn't take care of and be great stewards of the earth, but this climate hysteria that they've created has has in turn um, affected our ability to exploit natural resources that we can do so effectively and that can drastically reduce suffering and poverty around the world. And instead, their answer is, uh, no, let's go eat bugs. Except for those of yeah. us who are, you know, a global elite, we get to fly around and eat caviar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Caviar, so no problem. Wagyu beef, we, they'll have all that stuff and they'll <clears> fly around in seven different jets each year. It's it's no problem for them, you know. And it's much like, you know, you mentioned kind of the Hegelian aspect there, this problem, reaction, solution. Reminds me again, you know, harkens back to the, the rollout of the pandemic industrial complex. It's like, hey, we got this giant global problem. Uh, here's your reaction. No, you know, no, you're not going to be there when grandma passes away. You won't be there when your son or daughter's born. You're going to shut your business down. You're going to wear the ritual muzzle of shame. All these things. That's the reaction. And then the solution. Well, we need to have a WHO pandemic treaty so we can do this again more efficiently. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, right? Well, so they just they sat down and they had a meeting and they said, uh, "Why didn't this work?" Like yeah. what happened? And, and one said, well, we tried everything we could to kill everyone. Um, yeah, but I think we could do it better. Yeah, they did an yeah. after action report on this and came up to, came to some conclusions and said, hey, uh, we just didn't put enough uh, of that boot on that throat, right? Like we're yeah. just going to have to put some teeth in there. And yeah, uh, we, yeah. Yeah, we need to be governed harder. That's uh, We need harder <laughs> governing, clearly. Govern me, har <laughs> govern me harder, baby. Yes, exactly. Uh, this so, is a serious news program. Sorry. Uh, I yeah. I don't know. Look, everybody always asks me why we created our company. And I said, well, there's there's many reasons I could give you. Um, I, I wanted to uh, have an impact and sh shift the paradigm on the quality of food that people like, should expect. Right. Um, I, I could look and point and say, hey, I wanted to be able to. Uh, isolate and 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 stovepipe my my supply chain so that I could uh, escape mRNA, which is why I left the military at, at 20 years. Uh, there's many reasons why you could say it, but in the end, it comes down to I I know that they're going to take these options away from us. It's yeah. it's inevitable that they will do. We, we I mean, we could fight for it, but I don't know how many Americans will actually they understand what taking a stand means and. And because of that, they're going to remove these options from us. They're going to shame eventually until you, only very few people will be able to get beef. And because of that, I want to take every opportunity I can right now to to create a resource that people can have in the future. They're going to need it. You need animal proteins. You can't live on uh, rice or uh, taco flavored beef crumbles or whatever they're selling these days. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely ill-advised to try to take their their new globalist diet on for sure definitely detrimental to health you know you talked a little bit about something that many of us are very concerned about and that's uh food as a vaccine delivery system we keep seeing this we're seeing mrna stuff being used in food supply we even see some of these crazy technocrats talking about making genetically modified mosquitoes to deliver vaccines all this kind of stuff really has people freaked out uh, how bad is that? How bad can that get? And and how do we uh, know that we're not eating meat tainted with this uh, gene therapy product? Well, first of all, if you're if you've been eating pork for the last five years, you've most likely been exposed already. But we don't know what that exposure means. So 
<clears throat> if you're from a PSYOPs perspective, if I wanted to discredit everything that somebody like me was saying, what I would say is I would say, here you are saying that we're using this as a vaccine delivery system. And you go, well, that's that's impossible. And I'd say, well, first of all, I remember giving uh, kids in, in the Middle East wafers uh, with a vaccine on it. So don't tell me that's impossible. But let's get back to the I digress. When they're talking about injecting our food, uh, you and I both know uh, that they are now proving that mRNA does not go away. The, the changes that the, the, they don't go away. They don't disperse like they're supposed to. Uh, we don't know what that does to food. We don't know what that does to people who consume that food. I mean, we have no idea whatsoever. So this isn't some crazy conspiracy, but they, what they want to do it from a PSYOPs perspective is that they want to make it seem like we're the insane people who are acting like there's little, you know, they're slipping in a dose in per, you know, chicken wing that you eat or whatever. That's not what we're talking about in this in this particular instance. What we're talking about is, is that if I don't want to eat uh, a food that's been that has had growth hormones, if I don't want to eat food that has eaten genetically altered uh, crops uh, to to finish them, you know, to to fatten them up and make them unnaturally uh, just full of of grossness. Uh, of course, I want to say the same thing about a, a, a vaccine that could leave an artifact which I have no idea what that artifact would do to my own body because we've proven that even in humans, this is the case. I mean, it's not insane and it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just a conspiracy at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they've been very open about their goals with these things. You know, I mean, you, Klaus Schwab wrote a book about, you know, his, his vision. And it's just like, this is the, the grand unified theory of, uh, utopia for these people and um it is detrimental to human health and they you know many of them are open eugenicists also talk about reducing the population on the planet and and then to see our food supply become so corporately uh so so dictated by giant corporate entities and international trade agreements and like you're pointing out uh, artificial numbers that affect the supply chain is is truly scary for a lot of people. So how how do us uh, normal beef eaters out here protect ourselves? Do we need to stop going to restaurants where we don't know every single thing? I mean, uh, what can what can be done for for us? Uh, I mean, if somebody told you that uh, they legalized putting human meat, you know, tissue into food in a state, and they don't have to tell you. Would you would you go anywhere in that state and eat at that no. point, no matter what anybody said? Because what essentially they've said is we don't have to identify it, meaning it's not it's it's not legislated that anyone's required to tell you, period. Any claims anybody makes to the contrary don't matter. New York State uh, is allowing uh, lab grown meat to be put into restaurants and you're not required to tell the consumer they're bragging about it now but the point is is that you're not required to we've seen other states states that have uh that are as red as you know uh as as any republican uh, legislature can get are not willing to pass legislation that would require you to identify these types of products uh, why not who is telling them not to do that you understand what I mean? They don't, this is a way to sneak it in. There's no law that says they can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise. And, and, yeah. And it's we had the same grift that we got with uh, labels of organic labels of natural. It's like, we've been being grifted with a lot of this chemical garbage for our whole lives. And 
there's been no consequence for it basically for these corporate ent- entities and and all of the tentacles that you know reached in and caused this to happen you know so well, of fault. course they're going to keep going right of course they're going to add mrna why not right well but you asked what can we do how do we you know how do we how do we stop this well you have to force your legislature how many how many people here can name their state legislature how many in your audience can name their state legislature you know, who yeah, their representative yeah. is, who their senator yeah. is inside of their state, or however your state is defined by its commonwealth slash whatever. I, I, if you can't, if, if you don't even know who represents you, then all they represent are the interests of other people. Doesn't matter who you vote for. You're just, just a, another vote. Doesn't matter. It's about where you take your stand and how you expect them to craft legislation because it's done by their staff anyway. So if you're not paying attention, then, 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 God help you on that end. And you know what? That's why we created our company, because maybe you want to take the easy way out. It's easy. Go ahead. Go to PrepperBeef.com. Uh, stock up. Uh, we'll, we'll provide to you until they mandate it in Texas or try to sneak it in. Then we're just going to shut down our factory. Uh, we're going to shut down our uh, our facility. We're going to shut down the uh, uh, processing plant. We're not going to do it anymore uh, because I'm not going to eat that. So yeah. you have you have a couple of choices, but you know I would like to be there as a as a as a backstop. I I see that we are headed down a path, but in reality, I'd rather you just stand right now united and protect your food chain. Absolutely, you can find your representative quite easily. Just open a browser and type in "Who is my representative?" All sorts of resources will come up for you to do that. Uh, prepperbeef.com. I'm going to be over there. I'm going to stock up over at prepperbeef.com. I've already stocked up on my freedom seeds, so it's time to stock up on beef. Jason Nelson. Heirloom thank seeds you. are great, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So are the brass ones. Get my yeah. drift. Yep. <laughs> All right. Jason Nelson, thank you so much for joining us. We'll look forward to you coming back. I want you to come back. I want to talk about what happens. What kind of things are we looking at in this year, coming year next time? You know, they don't want this election to happen threaten us with cyber polygons and black swan events. So this is a good year to have someone like you on board with us. We really appreciate you being here today. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. All right. Again, prepperbeef.com. Jason Nelson right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. We just have got a great example. It's on CFAC. If you Google CFAC, you'll see it. A blog that says climate alarmists like Senator Whitehouse are fueling anxiety in young people. Now, Sheldon Whitehouse is basically a carpetbagger. He's up in Rhode Island. He came from North Carolina. He knows absolutely zero about the history of New England hurricanes. If he does know something about it, then all his posturing about how bad hurricanes are getting in New England have to be complete lies. You know why? We've just gone through the longest stretch of time in the last 150 years of no hurricane hits in New England. It's a record drought of hurricane hits on the New England coast. But you got this guy up there and he's a Rhode Island senator and he realizes that's about the only place he can get elected senator, maybe in Connecticut, but they have established Democrats there. And he just spouts off and says stuff that has nothing to do with reality. And I would love to debate this guy. It would be like having someone I'd love to wrestle, just mop the floor with him. But listen to this, this came from Bloomberg Green. In the most critical cases, climate anxiety disrupts the ability to function day to day. 
Children and young people in this category feeling alienation from friends and family, distress when thinking about the future, and intrusive thoughts about those who will survive, according to this guy's research, Heckman. Patients who obsessively check for extreme weather, read climate change studies, and pursue radical activism, well, they seem to be in the norm. Some devastatingly consider suicide as the only solution. Now, who is responsible for that? Who's responsible for that? Certainly not the climate. Certainly not the weather. We have four times the amount of people on the planet than we did in 1930 with 128 the climate deaths. It's people like Sheldon Whitehouse. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McClain. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. You know, something noteworthy, I just thought I'd throw this in here. I did a quick web search, and I'll tell you what it is. I mentioned this the other day also because this is the second time this has happened to me. I type in into my DuckDuckGo because I try not to go to Google. I don't like to contribute to the delinquency of technocrats and censorship outlets. But anyways, I type in, quote, San Diego, migrant, and news. And the everything that comes up in the first 10 to a dozen, nay, the entire page is more than two or three months old, not a single date in 2024. You got to wonder how that is the result when we've got more than 5,000 people a day, by many estimates, pouring over our southern border, coming in Zodiac boats into nice places like La Jolla, uh, coming on airplanes, coming over the northern border, you name it. Um, so I'm really excited to re be rejoined by Esther Valdez Clayton, of course, immigration attorney at Valdez and Associates and an immigration policy analyst. Esther, thank you for rejoining me here at State of the Nation. It's wonderful to see you. First off, is my web search wrong? Do you, don't you feel like I should be getting some more relevant and timely hits on a search like that? Thank you, Brian, for having me on. You're one of the few outlets that even wants to touch this. Um, not only do we have more Chinese nationals than Mexicans coming in through San Diego, but we have very little vetting. We have a, between five to 6,000 people coming in through San Diego and people are saying, why are they coming in through California? Well, two things happened last month. If you recall, Texas got the National Guard in place defying the Biden administration, not bringing in the National Guard and enforcing immigration laws. So the cartel said, oh, wow, not only is the Texas National Guard there, but also the 25 other states sent deployments over to guard the border. 
Not only that, but the Texas government also put in more barbed wire. Remember that the Supreme Court only said that the federal government could take down the barbed wire. They didn't tell Texas they couldn't put up more barbed wire. So now we have a stronger border in Texas. What does that do? The cartels are very smart. They said, oh, we'll just redirect over to the sanctuary state of California. The main entryway is San Diego. So you're one of the few outlets that even wants to touch this. And you and I were talking before we got on air because of the racism involved saying that Chinese nationals are coming in and that people like myself or yourself are now promoting a yellow scare, hearkening back to the 1800s when people were racially motivated and didn't want Chinese immigrants coming in. And now they're accusing those of us who are highlighting the geopolitical realities. And you understand this, Brian. It's not their race or the color that we're afraid of. It's the ideology that's infiltrating our border through Chinese nationals, most of whom are military-aged young males. They're asking for asylum. And as an asylum and immigration attorney, I have to wonder, if you're fleeing your country because you're afraid of your race, religion, and being tortured because of those characteristics, why did you leave your wife and children? Wouldn't you think that your wife and child would suffer more than you? You were able to get away what we're really seeing are not just economic migrants, but fake migrants, too, that are going to come in, say whatever they can, which is only I fear for my life. And that allows them into San Diego. Uh, yeah. And they can even submit that um, that over an app. It's our understanding. We've looked into the CBP one app quite a bit so people can queue up not even just at the border they can queue up from perhaps inside of china or in, in you know sudan or in uh istanbul or colombia get that just download the app right i don't know you scan a qr code and hey you know i intend to come over the border and uh, i fear for my life like you can actually get pre-scanned with these things and and you've seen no indication that there's any sort of background check health check uh dna check if they're coming with children and is anything like that happening well as to your question about the child check with via dna that was done away with by the biden administration in may so no nobody's checking if the children are related but when you talk about china it's mostly chinese nationals a lot of the background checks have to be just very cursory background checks. We don't know if they've received army training, weapons training, military grade training, if they're part of a militia. Uh, remember, all they're saying is that they flee for their life. A lot of them are faking being Christians just so that they can get in because they know that if in China they have a very repressive regime that unless you're part of the state-sponsored religion, uh, you cannot freely exercise your religion. So a lot of them just say, oh, I'm a Christian, and they have a Bible, and you ask them about the doctrine, and I know this personally as an immigration attorney because I am a Christian. So I ask them, oh, what do you believe about the Trinity? Oh, where do you go to church? Where's your Bible study? They can't answer this. Again, these are the kind of questions that Border Patrol cannot do this because we're receiving between five to 9,000 every single day. And remember, there's not enough Chinese translators to be able to ask these questions for the Chinese nationals. And here, curiously enough, just yesterday here in San Diego, the Migrant Processing Center, which is called 
the Welcome Center, uh, was <laughs> closed yesterday after the, uh, the, the management blew through $6 million in four months. There's no accountability for it. We don't know where the $6 million. We can't ask for that. But we're just expected to see more migrant drop-offs at the trolley station here in San Diego and on the streets, much like New York, Chicago, and Boston. My goodness. You know, uh, I noticed that too, and that really frustrated me. I actually opened one of my hours with that story a couple of days ago because I th my thought was, okay, if an NGO runs out of this much money this fast and NGOs are facilitating this across the nation, that proves that any NGO or any state NGO can run out of money at any moment. And then that completely changes the dynamic of how those people that are being supported with that money as illegal aliens in our country are going to be spending their time, how they will be, you know, gaining cash, getting food. I mean, where will they be staying? You know, all of a sudden your, your room at uh, the embassy suites is just gone. I mean, uh, there's a lot of questions that get begged by, you know, this system of, oh, we're out of money. And, and if I'm correct, San, uh, this, this NGO and, and San Diego County is, is asking the federal government to inject more money into it so they can keep the grift going, right? It's so interesting, Brian, because the Wall Street Journal just reported this week that uh, homelessness in America is up 14%. We're almost at a million Americans that are currently homeless because of the rising rate of housing, especially here in California. This is one of the most expensive states to live in in the United States, San Diego County being notoriously expensive. So um, the fact that they have $6 million to be able to help welcome migrants who have no previous affiliation to the United States that haven't been vetted, why didn't they deploy those $6 million to other families, many of whom I represent? Remember, not all immigrants are illegal. A lot of them came here truly risking their lives from Ukraine, from Iraq, because of the religious or racial persecution. They need assistance too, but curiously enough, there's no money for them. There's only money for the newcomers that the Biden administration is bringing in to be economic migrants, to be able to fill labor shortages in jobs such as in manufacturing, poultry plants, uh, cereal plants, apparel, furniture manufacturing, to name a few. There's huge exposés on this with regard to child labor laws as well, children being found doing housing and roofing in Florida, Louisiana, and Alabama, and not to mention the 85,000 currently missing children that the Office of Refugee Resettlement has lost track of. I mean, these all conflate, and it might be a lot for the average listener, like, wow, how do I make sense of this? The only way that you can make sense of this is that this is being done on purpose. This is not a mismanagement. This is high-tech management, along with a lot of nonprofit affiliates, because there's huge amounts of money, just like we talked about the $6 million in a couple of months. No oversight. We have no accountability, but I can tell you this a lot of people that were on staff got their salaries paid who cares about the migrants right mm -hmm. yeah a lot like covid money a lot like ukraine money we're paying people's retirement funds in ukraine while our people here in this country are you know uh homeless in so many cases and millions of cases just getting ridiculous you know and i i also uh flagged up actually uh my colleague timothy shea sent me this one today Colorado Representative Scott Bottoms confirms that people are buying one to five-year-old children 
for sex and nobody is doing anything about it. I mean, a representative coming out and making a statement like that. Wow. I mean, uh, what's your response to that? Uh, this is nothing new. I've been practicing in this area for 20 years, all of which has been along here in the San Diego border. This is something that notoriously has happened. Most Americans are waking up to this through movies about human trafficking and the sexual exploitation. But just think of what would happen if you dropped off your child in your five-year-old child in the hands of a stranger. Most likely they're vulnerable, they're victimized in several ways, many of which sit here across from me at my desk. Once I'm interviewing them on their own, they're then able, not many are able to articulate exactly what it is that happened to them. They can't get past the tears or the trauma or the silence. It's incredibly hard to get them to talk about it. And sometimes it's the very people that bring them to my office, the relative, the mom, the stepdad, the father. Um, so it's very, very difficult, but it's been happening and it's happening even more now because it's so lucrative. If you think about what's happening with the economy, the average middle class American family is struggling. 60% of whom are struggling paycheck to paycheck. That's exacerbated by immigrant communities. So a lot of them see the children as, and I'm sorry to even mention this, but as a commodity to be able to be sold via pornography, via web. Um, and they have people who are watching them being uh, having a child be abused for pay. Sadly, that's what it comes down to. So yes, that has been happening. There's not enough law enforcement to stop it. It's so lucrative. Yeah, we, we've been told recently it's a uh, $86 billion industry in the United States, and that is amazing. Yet another number that could be used to completely turn our country around. You know, $86 billion, that's almost as much as we've given to Ukraine. We could probably end homelessness and uh, cure cancer with that much money if we were honest about what we were doing with it. Yeah, it's becoming more profitable than even drugs. And I think about nine, 10 years ago, when I first started noticing these patterns, the cartels noticed this too. It was highly more profitable to be able to sell and exploit a child, a young woman, a young boy, over and over and over several times a day for money than to just sell a couple of fentanyl pills to somebody who's going to die. And then you have to re replenish the supply by having more consumers. So, um, you know, this immigration has nothing to do about race, has nothing to do with nativism. This comes down to fundamentally laws. If we aren't going to enforce the laws, yes, nothing good happens. You can't have freedom if you live in a lawless state and we're losing our freedoms. We can't even protect those who depend on us to be able to fight for their freedoms if our borders aren't enforced. It's not just national security. It's not just border security. This is about the welfare of people who are depending on us to defend them, to speak for the vulnerable, the oppressed, the children in these cases, women and children who are coming, who have viable asylum claims. But what we're seeing right now at the border more than 85% of migrants currently coming into the border have no asylum claim. And this is verifiable. It's in the congressional reports. They've done statistics on all the immigration courts throughout the nation. 85% fail because they had no claim to torture or persecution on account of their race or their religion. They couldn't prove it. Unreal. It's unreal, but I think the country's waking up to it. Are we waking up fast enough? We shall find out. We'll keep continuing this discussion with our wonderful guest, Esther Valdez Clayton. 
Uh, we'll have you back on again real soon. And I would just like to point out before we run out of time here, if you really think that China has some hole in it where people are just escaping by 5,000 a day um, and it's just they don't know about it, eh, you might want to rethink that. I don't know that that's actually the case. Esther, thank you so much for joining us here at State of the Nation. Stay tuned for the Misty Winston Show coming up next right here on today's News Talk TNT.